Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Kaylee, where we talk about the three M's, mental health, mom life, and media news. Our podcast is weekly, but you can follow us daily on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like and follow if you love us. Hope you're having a good day today. Guess who's back? It's me. I'm back. <laughs> Robin. So now we can have our complete show together. Um, we hope you're having a good day. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry it's a little late. We had some technical difficulties, but we'll be back on schedule next week. Um, so um, we're going to talk about the three M's. And the first M is mental health. And today we're going to kind of talk about hoarding because it's been labeled a mental health issue now. So I, I have people that I love that have this issue. Um, I had like a semi issue with it because I just wanted to hold, I was almost homeless in college. And so after that, it was kind of traumatic and I just kind of held on to things. So I was like, I'm going to need this. And because you don't realize what that does to you when you think you're not going to have anything. And so I just piled up mm -hmm. with stuff and stuff. It wasn't like everywhere in my house. It was just like random, like in the garage and like outside. It was just weird. And so, but since then I've been able to get over that. And now I'm just like purging everything. And, um, it's pretty cleared out for the most part. Just got to do my garage, but I've helped friends with like, you can't even get in the door. Um, and so I guess my thought is how to help those people with those issues because you love them and want to help them and you don't want to judge them. So we have Robin over here who's OCD <laughs> has exactly. like, yeah, uh, yeah, a has problem. So it has a, you know, perfect house and everything. So no. how do you, like, what would be your advice for somebody from a compassionate, loving perspective? You know, I actually feel like it impacts my mental health negatively whenever my house is out of order and things are cluttered. Um, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised or, you know, but I do feel like to touch on what you were saying, I feel like a lot of people who have this issue with hoarding probably have had a very similar situation where it was very frightening to them and they felt like they might go without my great grandmother, actually, she wasn't a terrible hoarder. Everything had a place, but everything was very cluttered, but she grew up during, um, the depression and she was like that. She was a single mom of two boys and she held on to everything and anything. She was the one that would go get like 50 packets of ketchup and then refill her ketchup jar with it. And like, she would eat the peel of fruit to keep from wasting um, she had fruit trees and a vegetable garden. So, I mean, she was very self like sustainable, but she, anything she could get for free, she just held on to. And she would always find like other use for it. Eventually she would give it to somebody who needed it or wanted it or liked it or whatever. Somebody that she thought of when she saw it. Um, but anyway, I, 
wasn't really, it wasn't difficult for me to be in her home growing up. Like I said, everything kind of had its place, but it, there was a lot of stuff for me. It's just the opposite. Now I do have like periods of time that I'll just kind of accumulate and then just, it will start to weigh on me. And so just like one or two weekends, I'll spend the entire time just going through getting rid of old stuff. Um, one big thing for me is I will let, um, not bills, but you know, you get tons of mail. Um, and sometimes it's documents that you need or, you know, I'll hold on to them until I get like my payment confirmation or whatever. So I'll hold on to them. And like my max is like three months. If it's past three months old, they're not going to come back and say, you didn't pay them, throw it out. My husband right now is going to tons of appointments and I'm getting all kinds of documentation from him. I have seven kids. We oftentimes get different documentation from their, their doctors or dentists. So how do you store those? Do you have like a big filing cabinet? No. I With don't. like seven, <laughs> no, seven. I do, I do actually have a filing cabinet, but I don't store all of that. Um, I kind of keep everything I'll need for like the past 90 days uh, in like a folder in my room. And so if anything happens in that 90 days, I can kind of flip through and find all the documentation. Um, but once it's outdated by 90 days, I'm like, throw it away. So what about like tax documents you have to keep for seven years? That I actually do have a filing cabinet. Um, and I keep all of my tax documents, um, in, in order there. Um, and I, and I'll keep those. That's a little bit different, but, um, just regular, you know, weekly, monthly documentation that you get from your doctors or work like, um, pay stubs or, you know, whatever, if it's not most people email now, but if you get paper. So I saw a cool idea on Pinterest from a lady who said that she has, uh, three like bins, I guess, for mail. It's to act, to file and to shred. Oh. And so she like puts them there and like weekly, she, I guess she acts on what she needs to weekly. And then she, like shreds what she needs to and files what she needs to. Do you think that would be a good system? That is a good idea. As long as it's not, I would think if it's like pretty small um, space savvy bins, not something that's going to take up a lot of room or if you have like a closet in your house that you can kind of store those in and pull them out weekly. I wouldn't want that like on my counter or something like that. That would bother me a lot. But what if you had it in the, like the wall in your office, like one of those cute, like hobby lobby, like mm -hmm. three tiered, like, oh, yeah, wall for sure. If there's, yeah, if there's a cute, you know, space savvy way to store it, then I feel like that would be that would be good. That's kind of what I do, though, too. I go through and throw out what I don't need and then separate the things I need to store and then separate the things that, whether it's just to file away or some things I am holding on to for purposes we can't discuss today, but I do have some documentation I'm holding on to all of it. So I'm trying to make sure that whenever I'm going through, cause we get it's in one spot. So yeah. So whenever I get it, it's like, okay, this is where this goes and it has to stay there until the time that we need to give it to who needs it. But, um, so how would you go about like helping someone with that disorder and being able to come in and say, look, I love you. I know you're overwhelmed. We're going to start in this corner and that's it. Yeah. And then we're going to go. I feel like that's a mindset thing too. And so you have to be a little sensitive and cautious whenever you're approaching people that you love and talking with them about something. I mean, it's as with any like mental disorder, you've got to be, I would say pretty sensitive about it. Um, and because of my character, the way that I am, I'm not sure I, I really could approach that 
in a way that they could understand me, um, I would always be happy to help. But that doesn't mean that person's not going to have to go through some pain to get you're, through. You're going to be like drill sergeant, like, okay, listen here. <laughs> well, and I would be nice, but I would be stern. And I would say, listen, this has dust on it. You haven't touched it in three years. It's trash. That's what I decided to do. Like make a box of six months. And if I don't even remember that I had it for six months, like it's gone. Yeah. And like, if I need it, great. But if not, like, I'm not going to hold on to it. And I think sometimes there's got to be some trauma or something that happened. And so people hold on to things, especially sentimental things. It's hard to let go. Um, you know, especially like you said, people who've done without, um, and so I hate to say they just need more storage because that's not helpful. No, um, they have to learn, you know, and, and I feel like this too, it's, it's not always mind over matter. Sometimes you need therapy. Sometimes people need medication. Mental health is a very touchy thing and everybody is so different and the way that they're able to handle the mental strife that they go through. So For me, whenever it comes to sentimental things, I pick and choose very wisely. I have a jewelry box that I got from my 17-year-old cousin after she passed away. I have a little heart trinket box that my mom got me one year for Christmas. It was probably $5. It broke and I cried and I glued it back together and I still have it downstairs and I was maybe seven, so I've had it for a long time. Um, I have a very few very sentimental things that I just hold on to and you have to pick and choose. And so maybe that's a good tactic is take something that you love and you don't want to live without and compare them and say, which would I rather let go of and get rid of the thing that you would rather have less. And then give yourself a rule, like five or 10 sentimental things in this category I can keep. And then you basically just weigh which one you love more until you get down to the final five. You know, I heard a good idea about things that you don't use, but they're like sentimental. Like for instance, I have this step stool that was made for me by my grandmother, hand painted. It's beautiful. She wrote my name on it in like little blocks and she painted it. So I've heard the idea of taking a picture of it, putting it in an album, and then you can discard it, like paint it, whatever you want to do to repurpose it or get rid of it. But then you have that memory. Yeah. You don't have to let go of it. So right. I thought that was a good idea if people could let go of the physical and just have an album of like memories. Right. I also do think some things like I am the kind of person if I had a step stool, my grandmother made me, I would hold on to that. And I might even keep it in its original form until it needs to be refurbished. You know what I mean? So especially because you, you don't like don't know what to do with it. Cause um, it has my name. Cool. I know, but that's so sweet. One day your grandkids will be playing on that. Why are you doing this? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so I'm not trying to talk you into. I'm just saying those are one of those things that I'm all for family heirlooms and things that were handcrafted. There's just so much sentiment in that. Um, if you ever wanted to refurbish and paint it and put Pearl's name on it, or maybe whenever she does have I mean, in the future, when she does have children, you could always make that a craft that you do for them. Um, oh, sorry. If she's outgrown the step stool phase, because that's not something they hold on to very long. Eventually, they're pretty independent. Um, but yeah, I, that's something I would definitely keep for sure. 
Well, I'm going to, I asked my grandmother or my Nana, call her Nana. I said, are you going to care? Like, does this hurt you if I do something with this? She's like, no. She said, I did that a long time ago. It's yours. Like do what you want with it. And so it made me feel better. Right. But then I'm like holding on to it, like you said. And so to maybe keep the sentiment is if you and your Nana have some time one day that you could work on refurbishing it for Pearl together. Right. The problem is is she doesn't remember how to paint like that anymore. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. But (laughs) before we end the segment, I did want to touch on something we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I was out. The topic was anxiety. I was really excited to be a part of it. And then other things happened. But um, I just scrolled through TikTok a while ago. And there was a gentleman who said, if you're having a panic or anxiety attack, Take a um, little bit of table salt and put it on your tongue. I saw um, that. And it will immediately distract your brain from the panic or the anxiety and, you know, focus your brain on what is that in your mouth because the way that it reacts with your taste buds. Have you tried Um, it? I have not. Um, I've only had one panic attack (laughs) and then it was the middle of the night. So I think asking my husband for some table salt in the middle of the night would have probably been a little bit much, but um, (laughs) go back to bed. Um, But anyway, that is a little tip or trick that you guys listening may try during your next anxiety or panic episode. And, you know, oftentimes like quick fast food restaurants or even just um, like they even have gas those little packets. They have the little packets. So just grab a handful, throw them in your car on the go. Always have one in your pocket. Um, I think it's just a really awesome way to distract your brain from panic. So I definitely intend to try that if ever I'm in a you know position of having an episode while near salt. Um, but I wanted to make I sure. I heard that someone I- say one of the techniques they use, like when thoughts creep in like that, is that they say next and they keep saying next and then it tells their brain they're ready for another thought. Didn't really work for me because I was like next. And then my brain was trying to fight to go back to that other thought. Like it was weird. I do have obsessive thoughts that I have a hard time shaking. You know what I do? This is maybe another trick. Um, I start singing worship in my head. I start singing worship lyrics. I'll sing. um, That does help. Yeah. And I'll just sing over and over and over again until my brain just like, let's go of whatever else I was thinking about. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Well, that concludes our segment on mental health. I hope that it has helped someone today. And we encourage if you feel like you have hoarding issue to reach out to your friends and family because you have people that are not going to judge you and that want to help you and that love you and you deserve to have a home that you feel comfortable in and that you're not, that's not crowding you out. So, so for our second segment today on mom life, the second M, we're going to talk about kids getting in trouble at school and how to handle that. So Robin, do you want to start on this one? So I believe most of you know now I have seven children and truly I've never ran into any of my kids having issues. They've always been very, very good up until the last school year, which is post COVID craziness. Um, and after a year of homeschooling, 
Um, my 11th grader started getting into some trouble, some teenager trouble, which is pretty, um, I, I guess maybe a little expected, um, given some of her history. And so, but definitely things that, you know, it's, you've got to work with your kid through. She's been in therapy and had a psychiatrist and I'm definitely working on that with her mental health and everything on a private level. Um, but when it comes to little ones last year, my now four-year-old who was at the time three was sent home on several occasions for being very mean. She would spit in her teachers and classmates face. She would throw cups at, her, at their face. She would put their leg out and trip them and make them fall. She would hit, she would throw chairs. She had a lot of tantrums and it was a rough, rough year. This year, so far, we're doing better. Um, she got her first negative mark yesterday, which didn't even come home with a note. So probably just her not listening very well. Um, but nothing significant. Um, you know, last year we spent a lot of time trying to just make being at home suck for her, you know? Um, I, I hate to say that, but I didn't want her to feel, cause a lot of times what kids do is they have, especially having seven, they get to come home and what do you do on the way home from picking them up? Grab something to eat. Bam. Then they get their little takeout lunch, their little happy meal or whatever you bring them home. And then you put on a cartoon to distract them so you can work. It's a day off. And then, or they're up and like, mommy, I want a snack. And then there's just all of this one-on-one -on -one time and interaction that actually turns into some type of a reward. I did not want her to think of being at home, being sent home from school as a reward. Now she's three, so my options are limited. So I put on Joyce Meyer Ministries, and that is what she watched all day. Now, this is a kid who loves cartoons and being active and playing. And so for her to have to sit on the couch and listen to Joyce Meyer, which a lot of us women love her, four-year-olds are not that much of a fan. <laughs> like. <she> <laughs> Was, I would say, do you want to sit on the couch and watch Joyce Meyer? And she was like, no, she wanted <laughs> something interactive, something to keep her attention. And so that's a good girl, idea. Yeah. And I mean, well, too, I, even if it's not Joyce Meyer, something Christian related to change the mindset of where they're, I mean, you got to think that behavior is not of God or for God. Now your options might be limited on how to discipline them in that moment because they're four. And what is actually going to get through and what is actually causing the tantrum to begin with. But corrective action is putting something good in where something bad is coming out um, because you are what you eat, you know? So she's consuming whatever in her environment, whether it's not enough sleep or just not a great diet. Maybe she was eating some candy that morning before school or that night before bed, whatever it was. I didn't ever find a trend, didn't ever find a, a thing that encouraged good or bad behavior with her, except for she did not want to stay at home with me and watch Joyce Meyer all day. So <laughs> it kind of worked. This year we've done really well. Jack has had one episode of hitting a friend, but he even last year, um, we had a couple episodes, nothing significant. So I'm hoping this year it will be few and far in between. Um, but I feel like too, whatever they do at school, they've implemented something that helps the child understand that that is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like kids, my kids anyway, are less likely to push those boundaries in a school setting. 
So yeah, same. It's like they're, and I've heard this from a lot of moms, like they'll be like, Oh, your kid is good. And then when you get home, you're like, okay, what kid is going to school? Oh yeah. And then like my daughter, she, she spit in someone's face the other day. She was playing dinosaur um, because I asked her about it, but you know, she's had to sit out at recess. Well, every time she gets in trouble at recess, she's pottying herself at school, which she never does. And she is already potty trained. I mean, long time now. Yeah. And Madison just started this too. Whenever she gets in trouble at home, she pees her pants. She doesn't at school, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No. And like, I'm like, what the crap? (laughs) I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to handle it in a gentle way, but I'm like, you need to go potty. You know, when you're feel like you need to potty, because she had just potty before she went out. So I'm like thinking, is this deliberate? Is this just like, you don't, you're scared because you got in trouble. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. And so I know like when we handle like the spitting in the face, we ask questions. We're like, okay, why did you do this? What was going on? Do you know you're not supposed to do this? Is this what Jesus would do? We always ask her, is this a Jesus thing? Would Jesus do this? And then she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do what Jesus would do. Cause she's very high strung. She's very, <laughs> you know, yeah. like just all the time. And so it, it's like, we've got to bring it down. And like you said, diet. So we've been, I mean, she wakes up and she's like, I want donuts. And then like, she's like, I want a chocolate ice cream. And like, I don't know if you have this wrong with your, I mean, not wrong, but I don't know if you have this issue with your kids, but she just wants sugar, which I get it. Sugar's good, but it's an addiction. It is an addiction. Yeah. They don't even understand. Jack asked me for donuts every morning. And for a long time we would bring in, we would, we have a second pantry and we would just stock it full of snacks. However, there's a lock so we could make sure that they weren't just filling up on that. We have well-rounded, well-balanced meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then every now and then you get a treat. Every morning for the past like two weeks, he's asked me for donuts and I just stopped buying them. Um, I do like going to Costco because I feel like you have healthier options in bulk, Um, but it's like Mm -hmm. over a thousand dollars every time we go. So it's something you kind of have to be prepared to do. And so we've kind of been buying snacks in smaller increments more frequently um, but it doesn't what leave snacks do you get. Well, I like like the real fruit bars or the granola bars that are made with whole ingredients, but Pearl won't eat the real fruit bars. She just like, I've tried it and she's like, she'll eat fruit, but not the fruit bars. <laughs> yeah. So some of my kids do like them. Others, not, not really so much, but Luckily I have enough that somebody will always eat some, whatever I bring in. Um, she wants the chocolate almonds. I'm like, I bet you do. Right. Right. (laughs) And right now, because they have to have snacks for school, I'm like thinking what is an adequate, I mean, it's not like I can send them with like a banana or an apple. They're talking about a prepackaged. So we've been sending chips, which isn't great, but one thing I will we can say, try to get the best kind of chips because my daughter loves Cheetos, but they have an Annie's puff puff like at Costco these puffy chips that I mean they're the like same the mini bags. No, like they have a big one, but you can put it in bags to take it to school. Okay. And 
I want to do that because Cheetos have MSG and I don't, it's a neurotoxin. So I don't want to give that to her, but she's like, I just want Cheetos. And I'm like, I got to find an alternative for this girl. So my son, I do know he loves the Annie's. Um, and I did buy the big bag at Costco. I like the convenience of prepackaged, you know, it's terrible. Um, and also it's just more costly, but I did just buy some little sandwich sized, or I mean, not sandwich sized, snack sized bag. So maybe I'll just consider doing that. Probably in the long run, it'll save money actually, but. Yeah. Cause if you use those re reusable snack packs and you just rinse them out, then oh. you don't have to spend money on Ziplocs. <clears throat> I will say too, red dye has mm -hmm. an atrocious effect on my son. I took him to a CNC. That's on me. And um, he had just had a red sucker. And I've never in my life seen him act the way that he acted. I, I started to think something was wrong with him. And then I remembered he had had a red sucker. And I, I was so relieved. I was like, oh, my God, thank God we can avoid red dye. But if this was permanent, oh, my God, I was worried. So so I think that what we're, what we're saying is a way to avoid that, how to handle that is to start with diet and start with like, cause if they have constant sugar, they're going to be wound up yep. tight. And so yeah. sugars and how, do you, how do you keep them from, I mean, you don't want to be like, you can never have sugar. Cause then one day they're just going to rebel and hide Snickers. Well, use it as a treat too. And you can always say, if you go this week with no negative marks from your teacher and good behavior, then when I pick you up Friday, we'll go for an ice cream or we'll go for Cheetos or we'll go I got for those Annie's sandwich, ice cream sandwiches. Uh -huh. And I'll give her one on Fridays. If she does no marks. Yes. They're, they're like, they're about this big, but they're, I mean, you know, they're better than the other ones. And yeah. so I got those, I mean, there's, I know there's a big, um, you know, not a fight, but I can't even think of the word. There's a big hoopla about Annie's and how General Mills bought them and how now they're like toxic. I'm like, okay, everything is a problem in the crunchy world. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to like preface that I'm going to yeah. use Annie's and it's better to me than the alternatives that are out there. And until she, we can grow our own stuff and know the ingredients, you never really know what you're getting. So exactly. And everybody and always has an opinion on whatever. So. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you're just going to have to do the best you can. I mean, the best we can do with this chaotic world, you know? And so I think, just starting with that, like we try to make her have vegetables when we're home, but the more she it's 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 interesting, the more she has sugar, the more or junky stuff, the less she wants vegetables because of her like her taste buds have changed. And so I'm trying to alter that. I don't the only problem is I don't want to make I want to make food a reward because it's easy. But then if I make it a reward later in life, will she have a complex problems. with food? <laughs> because I've said, you know, this is a treat. So she'll think, oh, treat myself. Oh, this is, I don't care. I'm going to get a treat anyway. Like, is it going to cause that issue? Like, cause I mean, I ate whatever I wanted forever and never had any issues. Well, then I hit, you know, had pregnancy, had medication issues and maybe gain weight. And I'm used to eating that way, however I want. Right. And then I think, 
you know, I'm being restricted because I can't eat everything. Right. That's so, definitely a mindset thing. And it's kind of built in. So I feel like whenever you're talking about <clears throat> her earning rewards and teaching her about food, um, what my dad teaches my little ones, he's the worst to actually bring in candy and garbage for them, but he does teach them if it doesn't grow that way, God didn't intend for us to eat it. So those things are the things that nourish our body. And it's okay to have those other things in moderation. Everything should be um, in moderation, um, but especially those things. So I feel like too, even if you're using it as a reward for her to get good marks through the week, kind of as an encouragement, still let her know that it's a reward because she worked so hard at school. You want to give her something she really likes, but you don't want to give it to her out of moderation because then it becomes bad for her and it can cause health problems and it can, it can give her, you know, unhealthy eating habits or just an unhealthy outlook on eating as a whole. Um, but I, you know, five, you know, you'll have to approach that conversation age or later. Yeah. yeah, Cause she's I not mean, going to understand that. Right. There's different ways to communicate that for now. I would definitely just say, you know, these carrots, God made these carrots to nourish your body and to make you healthy and strong. Ice cream is fun, but ice cream is a reward when we work really, really hard and we do a great job at school. Then I can give you this treat, you know, because it's not really you good. You can't have it every day because it's bad for you every day. Right. Exactly. It should only be a sometimes thing. Yes. So I definitely so, agree with you on diet. Pay attention to the, to the kiddos diet. See what's happening um, with their eating habits right before these tantrums um, or these, you know, issues at school that they're having. Do um, you think screen so, time? Huh? Sorry to interrupt, but do you think screen time is an issue? It depends on what they're consuming. But yes, I do. I do. And I say that and my kids still... Partake it's hard things that, yeah, um, we're just starting to get to a point where we're paying a lot more attention to what they're consuming because they have these things that they love and it's hard to just take it away from them. Halloween was one that we stopped celebrating last year and my older kids did not understand at all why they were losing it because to them, there was never anything more than I get to dress up like whatever I want and I get to go get a ton of candy. That's fun. It's for the candy. They mm -hmm. want the candy. Right. And they don't understand. So what we do last year, I started it this year. I'll do it again. Is like every Saturday or every Friday of October, we will get together and we'll have a bucket of candy and we'll have popcorn and movies. And so that way, by the time Halloween comes, they're not going to feel like they're missing out on anything because we've already enjoyed ourselves outside of the ritual of Halloween. And it hasn't had anything to do with that. Actually, I told my mom this year, what I would really love to do on Halloween is sit down and watch Christian movies um, instead of the traditional Halloween stuff. Um which we did last year, not realizing that even if you're not partaking in Halloween, you're still consuming a lot of that, um, which we can touch on that next month would be a good, a good go for that topic. Talking Maybe in the about Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's hard to take something like that away from your kid whenever they're used to it. So, um, just we're trying to do like when she gets home from school, she gets the 30 minutes to watch a show. Then she has to practice basketball because she's in that. And mm -hmm. then she has to do some quiet time and then she can help me with dinner. Um, she has to do some chores before dinner. Um, 
and trying to do something that keeps her active, but not, um, just sitting in front of the TV for two hours right. because minnow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got that. Sadly, our TV isn't compatible, so it doesn't, it's not an app I can put on our TV. Um, but I plan on getting, I think like a fire stick, maybe you can get it. Um, so I'm thinking about figuring out a way to make that kind of more of like our TV selection. I have a couple of Christian, um, apps. We have Christian pure flicks. I have that too. Um, I don't know if that's I tried is, Yippee. I haven't tried that. Is Pure Flix really like with kids stuff though? I think the only thing I ever you saw can on choose, was like an adult. So you can choose on the left side of it. You can say what age your kids are and it'll pull up shows. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I really haven't. I've only seen like a couple of movies from the adult side of it. So I'll definitely have to look into that more. But I want to watch that one with Jennifer Garner, the one where the girl falls out of the tree and heals herself um or god heals her because she falls out she has like a something that's incurable and it causes her a lot of pain and then uh, i want to watch it yes it's new i forgot i'll get the name of it there i was i was just scrolling through something and i wrote these three down because i want to watch them um war room i've already seen it but i still love that movie life mark is that what it's called life maybe and then fireproof i've already seen fireproof too but i want to watch it again uh, I'm watching a case for Christ. It's about a man who was not sure about it. He did a lot of research. He did a documentary. He found, he was trying to prove that like Christ, you know, wasn't, he was a man, but he wasn't the Messiah. And then everything that he found, it changed his mind. So um, text me that name. Cause I'm not going to remember yeah. when we're finished here. Okay. <laughs> I, I, watch that. I love that. Yeah. So, I so think that concludes our media segment too. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Okay, so that's our mom life. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about our third M for today, media and news, and there is an article that says there are surprise two few teacher applicants in K through 12 schools. So more than half of public schools were understaffed at the start of the school year and 69% reported the primary challenge was that too few teacher candidates were applying for open positions. Um, Some people blamed it on the pandemic, but actually they were understaffed before the pandemic. Um, So that's interesting. It kind of makes me nervous about, you know, public school, but I think a big reason is because of the pay Mm -hmm. and just the appreciation. I mean, so our schools have been getting the short end of the stick funding, you know, teachers are constantly, well, and two, you're invested. Like, um, I'm with my nieces and my nephew almost every day. Granted they're blood related, but if I was around Pearl every day, I would love her like my own. I would treat her like my own. These teachers are invested in their students. They're around them every day. They get to learn their personalities, their quirks, their likes, their dislikes. They eventually come to love your child the way that you love your child. Maybe not as a parent, but they do come to love your child. And they're protecting them. They are. And there is, so whenever they see that this kid doesn't have a snack every day, they're obligated by love. Whenever they see that the kid has run out of crowns and mom and dad haven't gotten it, whether the mom and dad can't, maybe they're busy. Maybe they didn't get the notification. Who knows? My life is crazy. I miss stuff all the time, but 
the teacher has this obligation just to make sure that all of these kids have this fair shot at an education. Her pay is not great. You know, um, I feel like there's a huge lack of appreciation for the sacrifices that they make. Then they're dealing with all of these different parents, all of these different personalities, and that can be very challenging. And then two, they're dealing with challenging kids. The rates of ADHD, autism, Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, but it's skyrocketing. So real, I mean, and I will say I could talk about this for hours. My fifth grader just joined STEAM. And I will tell you, I feel like STEAM is an experiment. What it's, is STEAM? Um, so it's like science, technology, something. Engineering. In, yeah. And, and then um, like so, something in math. Anyway, um, it's awesome. Um, but I do feel like they're using it to shape the future of education because it is um, kind of meeting children where they are, but it also is for more gifted children. Um, and what I saw, I have to probably tread carefully, was a lot of eccentric children in this program. And I will tell you, my fifth grader is quite eccentric. So, um, I feel like they're trying to use it to kind of restructure school and really, truly we need to. Um, I feel like if you took out every child that had an ADHD, allergy, autism, behavioral issue, if you took all of those kids out of a neurotypical classroom, you probably wouldn't need many more teachers than what are actually there. But the reason that it's hard to get teachers to go in there is their job has become impossible. The standards are unacceptable, um, compared to the rate of pay, um, and the, the lack of support, you know, if your class needs hand sanitizer or tissues, there's not a closet for them to go. They have to start paying out of pocket eventually for all this. Yeah. Stuff. Um, the programs are being cut, the testing, everything is reliant. Sports, non sports. Yeah. Right. And, and then two, you've got you know, some teachers are even reprimanded for poor scoring on tests. And I just feel I like hate, it's just a standardized testing. Mm-hmm. I hate too that, you know, we make all of these massive mistakes in our children's youth, um, whether it's the education system just not being quite up to par. Um, but now we're doing it with adult careers. Like we're, these are people who went to college and got a degree to become teachers. And now they can't even pay back their loans. want to show up for this career that they chose because they've just made it just, you know, miserable to even try to be a teacher right now. Well, and something you touched on, um, it says as of August, special education and math teaching positions were among the most difficult teaching positions to fill with 78 to 75% of schools reporting that it was either very or somewhat difficult, respectively. So first, that means first special education to hire fully certified teachers in those areas. So, and it says the most difficult non-teaching staff positions to fill were transportation staff and custodial staff with 94% and 84% of schools reporting it was either very or somewhat difficult to hire staff in these areas respectively. So that tells me, like you said, special education is a growing issue mm-hmm. and it is very hard. Number one, I can tell you, cause I used to be a substitute and I had to um, substitute for special education class. It is so difficult and it can be scary because you don't 
They don't have a behavioral like boundary. So they will come grab you and squeeze you, which what happened to me. And it was very traumatic. And they can, they just do things that are, that are against it boundaries. requires a very, very special person who is cut patient. out for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I can see how that would be a problem to fill that position because it's, it's, it's number one, it's scary. Um, and number two, it's, it does take a special person to love and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't love disabled children. I'm not saying that at all, but to love them, like you're talking about to love the way that a teacher learns to love their Mm -hmm. students. Absolutely. And care for them. Um, well, I feel like too, you know, it does take a special person you know, it's just a different level of patience. Um, just the same as people will say, you know, you have one child and you're required this much. And I have seven children. People say, oh my God, how do you do it? It's just, I don't, I don't know. I just do it there, but it's just a thing that I guess was built into me to just do it. And I think there is a very special place in heaven for special education teachers because they just mm-hmm. have this you know, beautiful ability to communicate with these students who have all its a variety of needs too. It's not copy and paste. Yeah. It's not copy and paste. These kids have a variety Mm -hmm. of mental health and, uh, um, educational needs, physical, uh, like, um, their health sometimes is not great. And so there's just so many variables of what you could see in a classroom like this. And you have to be experienced with. Right. And these teachers just have to have such a vast knowledge and skill. And they have to have all of these skills. And mm-hmm. I would pay more. I would pay. Okay. We're all paying really expensive taxes. So I yeah. would like to know, number one, where's that going? Because yeah. I want to pay the teachers more money. And I think we should vote on that because yes, we have to upkeep the school and all that stuff. But why does every kid need a Chromebook? Like, let's go back to textbooks because. Well, and I will say, I feel like, cause with our bus, with our buses, we've seen this year, um, we are having a very difficult time keeping drivers in the bus. Like you said, transportation is one of the major issues. Um, and so our teachers in the classroom, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more focus on making sure that there are enough aids to accommodate, you know, like I have one three-year-old and if I sat in a classroom with 23-year-olds every day, I would need help. But a (laughs) lot of these teachers are left with all of these three-year-olds and no help. And, you know, counseling too. Right. Our, our country is really coming to this pivotal moment where we're starting to really respect and um, acknowledge our mental health. We have less and less people willing to compromise their mental mm-hmm. health and mental well-being for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. They would rather have less than be mentally stressed and taxed every yep. day when they leave their career. Well- and having so much responsibility for so much less pay. Now, if the pay equaled the responsibility, then maybe they would be more apt. Oh, that's a great job. I'm going to apply and I'm going to take care of kids. But it's like, oh my gosh, let's weigh this. I have to take care of all these kids that are have all these variable parents and attitudes. And I can't even discipline them now appropriately because there's so many so much red tape. And so like when I was young... You could, the teachers, there had to be two in the room, but you could get spanking and 
you know, you're done. I got one spanking in elementary. I was yeah. done. I never got another one. I never, because I was so great. Yeah. Huh? I had a threat of a spanking and I almost died. I literally was. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, my daughter even said, uh, I said, well, Pearl, cause she's been really good this year. I'm like, well, Pearl, you've been so good. What's, you know, I'm, I'm happy. What's different. And she said, this year we all have to go to the office. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just setting that, you know, that expectation. But, yeah. um, I think that teachers deserve more pay and that there's going to be a growing bubble of concern, like a, like a special education bubble. It's going to get bigger and bigger. I think eventually though, the level, the rate of special education needs is going to surpass neurotypical classrooms. And eventually yeah. that will be the majority because mm-hmm. we're sadly teetering. Yeah. But I will and... say, too, I feel like it starts at home. You know, we have a very, very strict, if our kids get in trouble for being disrespectful to an adult and I, you know, with police and all of the controversy around police and mm-hmm. the use of force and teachers and some of their uses of force, I know you talked about the um, principal pushing the special needs kid last week. Um, unacceptable on every level. There is an appropriate way to correct and discipline a child, mm-hmm. every child, no matter what their needs are. Um, but I feel like it does start at home by teaching your child to be respectful and understand that strangers might not react to you the way that I do. You mm-hmm. might be able to come up and hit me and I might say, oh, honey, that hurt. Your neighbor might smack you, okay? The bus driver might throw you off the bus. There was actually, a, a, I heard, a, um, and this could have been false, but who knows. But it said a teacher dropped off a bunch of kids, not at, like, just kicked them out on the side of the road because they weren't doing, they weren't being nice on the bus. And I'll say on our bus last year, uh, one kid brought a fake gun pulled it out of his bag from the camera. It looked like a real gun. One child was showing straight P-O-R-N, full-blown P-O-R-N, two children on the bus. Um, there has to be a level of accountability. So I feel like on on buses that- need to be suspended. Right. And so we, we definitely had a lot of conversations last year about appropriate behavior on buses and when things needed to be reported and whatever. And, but I think that those buses that have the notoriously like bad kids, I hate to say that, but they need AIDS. They need somebody on that can go in and regulate. Well, like you said, because the driver, what do you want them to drive your kid home safely? Or do you want them to discipline your kid? You cannot have both. I mean, I drive a van full of kids. It can be very distracting sometimes. And that's with a fraction of the kids that these, that these guys have on their buses. So anyway, I do think that at home, home. right at home, you have to just be firm. This is inappropriate. It's unacceptable. If you behave like this outside of this home with adults, with your, you know, superiors, whether it's in school or a police officer, whoever on the bus, wherever there's discipline period. Um, And that's hard for teachers. Right. Because then that's what's happening is, all of these kids running around acting like they can do whatever they want because they have no boundaries at home. And I'm all for gentle parenting. I'm not knocking gentle parenting. I will just say that there is a time and a place to be very strict and not budge. Mm-hmm. And anytime that, because for instance, my four-year-old, 
last year we had several teachers in and out of her classroom. I think that really did contribute to some of her behavioral issues, but she finally found a teacher she really loved. The teacher interacted very well with her, but eventually Madison had a rough day. And when Madison had a rough day, this teacher didn't want to lose her winning streak. So what did she do? She caved on her boundary. And then the next time Madison had a bad day, she caved on her boundary. And then the next thing you know, my four-year-old is taking full advantage of a grown woman and has this lady leaving the school in tears, crying, upset, because she's completely being ran over at this point. Why? Because she let her boundary down, let Madison manipulate her, trying to keep that good behavior streak instead of just doing the appropriate discipline and saying, you're absolutely not walking all over me. My boundary is staying where it is firm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important that, you know, like you said, you stay firm and you stay, you know, you can't, when you have a job later, you're not going to be able to say, like, if your boss is like, do this end of story, you're not going to be able to say, I need you to gentle parent me. Like there's like, there's a time and a place, but you're going to have to teach them. Like, sometimes people are just going to be like, this is it. Like, bam. Just the same as that little boy. I mean, I really didn't see anything antagonistic about his behavior. We didn't get the audio. So I don't know what could have ever provoked that principle for, for, you know, to do such a thing. However, that mom wasn't there to protect her child. That mom didn't get to intervene. She didn't get to defend Mm -hmm. her son. She didn't get to advocate for him. He just had to deal with the consequences of that principal's choice, regardless of what he did. So who knows what he did? He might not have had any significant role in that principal's reaction and he still had to suffer the consequences. And that's the way the real world works. You know, you Mm -hmm. send your kid out into the real world every day. They have to know how to avoid situations from becoming volatile, very toxic or harmful to them. And that helps the teachers when you teach them that, because mm -hmm. that's another issue is, you know, like at home, if they're not taught these things, then the teachers have to deal with the ramifications of what is not taught at home because there's bad children. You have to focus more on the bad children and you can't help the good children learn because you're so busy. Like, okay. And another thing, I didn't bring this up and then we can be, we can be done. Cause I know we're at 50 minutes here, but one of the things that my sister, who's a teacher told me is when she had to take maternity leave, they don't have any and they, she has to actually pay them back for the time. Yeah. And so she had to pay for the time that she was off. And I'm like, that's crazy. And I'm like, how does that even work? And so that to me is another big issue is that first of all, you can't ever take off because your kids need that stability. And if you're, mm-hmm. you barely get to use sick time. So with us, we get little vacations. Now I know they have the summer and Christmas, but nothing else. Like Right. In spring break for a reason. Anyway, but I thought that was nuts. And that's like not a positive for teachers either. So right. before we go, I will say I would never want to insinuate that your child having behavioral issues in his or her classroom is your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a diet issue. It could be a mental health issue. They might need therapy. They might need medication. They might you know, it's, it is kind of up to us as parents to evaluate what's going on with our child and modify accordingly for what's best for our kids. So this is a judgment-free zone. Um, 
but just some suggestions to throw out mm -hmm. there really is all we wanted to offer just different things we've seen happen with our children in school because all of our, we both have children that have had significant you know or just a few little issues in their classroom and so i didn't want anybody to take away that we were saying that um it's their fault that their child's having behavioral issues right. and we appreciate the teachers thank you yeah. so much we appreciate you well i didn't get to pray at the beginning i completely forgot that's on me so i'm gonna pray oh, before we pray I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I thought I meant to mention this to you, but I thought it might be a good time to make the announcement that part of why I was out the last two episodes is that I'm pregnant. Yeah. I'm just getting close to my second trimester. So, you know, that first trimester can be kind of rough, but I didn't want it to be like a super secret. So now if we talk about it, we can talk about it openly. So yay, Robin. So tell everyone when you're due. April 14th. I'm really excited. I'm just, Yay. I'm not, I think I felt the baby kick a couple of times. Um, but I was like, oh, it's early. It's early, but it's also my sixth pregnancy. Yeah. So, so I do, I'm pretty sure I've felt the baby kick a couple of times. I'm really excited though for those big movements. I've missed it. So. Well, we're very happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for our listeners. Um, thank you for blessing Robin with an awesome little sweet baby. We pray for the safety of Robin and the baby and that you provide her with peace and comfort throughout this pregnancy. Um, we pray for the teachers out there. Um, we pray for their patience, their kindness, and that the love they show for our children. We thank you for that. We thank them for that. Um, thank you, God, for blessing us with all that we have. Um, we pray that you bless the listeners. We pray for our families and our friends. And we love you so much, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, thank y'all for tuning in today. I'm glad Robin's back and we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.